there folks welcome on into vg emporium video game music and more i'm your host rage cage and today we're going to be talking about games based on a cartoon that is very well known by those of us that grew up in the 90s and if you haven't been able to guess it by the song that we opened up with it's ren and stimpy oh joy but i'm gonna be honest with you here uh, majority of the music is uh, uh interesting is probably the best way to put it interesting in a good way interesting in a bad way yes you know, and again, referring to this opening song, as you can tell, we're off to a great start. Um, this is title screen from Ren and Stimpy's show, Vidiots, and uh, it's a rendition of the song Dog Pound Hop, which is the opening for the Ren and Stimpy show. It was originally performed by the Reverend Horton Heat and arranged for this game by Peter Stone. And so, you know, though this version isn't that great, um, the original song itself, you can imagine, like, back in, like, 91 when this originally aired, that many a kid and adults were sat straight up hearing this because... They probably never heard anything like this coming from a cartoon. Because cartoons on television that, you know, in the 80s up until this point were all just like about merchandising and marquee value and and their theme songs that tell you all about these characters and who they are. But then here comes along Ren and Stimpy. Of course, the opening just like, what is going on here? And the music itself is just like this crazy psychedelic surf rock sound. It's, yeah, totally life-changing. So now I would imagine majority of those that are listening right now have grew up with this cartoon and, you know, know what it's all about. But for those that may not, um, Ren and Stimpy was a show. It is actually one of the first original cartoons to be on television since, like, the 60s, 70s, you know, with Hanna-Barbera's cartoons before they all went to, like, being about action figures or things that were existing properties. Alongside Doug and Rugrats, but this is, like, the big Kickstarter for, like, the big, you know, animation boom that happened in the 90s. But, um... Yeah, it really stood out with its um, versions of slapstick and dark humor and gross-out humor and, uh, you know, and just the dynamic between these two characters. Ren being a emotionally unstable, psychopathic chihuahua that sounded like Peter Lorre and Stimpy, a dim-witted, pure-hearted, big-nosed cat that sounded like Larry Fine. And you would imagine something like this would really work out, but somehow it did, magically so. You know, a part of it being the sense of humor that... John Christopher Lucy, for better or for worse, had while creating it, as well as just the pure dedication he had to making sure the animation was unique, like no expression repeated. Because he and everybody else that he had working at Spumco doing this cartoon had all worked on, like, cartoons in the 80s that which were all just, like said, like, merchandising properties and just very stiff and boring and, for the most part, and, uh, yeah, Ren and Stimpy was basically just the antithesis of this thing that they had just, you know, had to work in. But, you know, I'm getting a little too deep here. Um, I'm not here to tell you about the history of the cartoon. Maybe just a little bit, but there are others that ha can do this far better than I would be able to. And uh, But I'm, I'm not going to be here to tell you the whole history of Brendan Snippy. Um, you know, maybe just a little bit of stuff, but um, there are others that can do this far better than I can. And actually, uh, a good place to start would be to check out the podcast What a Cartoon, hosted by Bob Mackie and Henry Gilbert where they actually did two episodes about Ren and Stimpy, and they actually had Bob Jacks, who worked on the Ren and Stimpy show. But it's about time to get moving on, because I have a lot of music for you and a lot of information for you, and plus this song is probably getting a little annoying, but before we go, um, this game, Vidiots, is about Ren and Stimpy getting stuck in their own TV series, and they got to play through four stages, which are based on their episodes, so we got The Boy Who Cried Rat, In the Army, Stimpy's Invention, and Marooned. And that's about it, and the music in this game... <laughs> Let's get moving on to our next song here, which is Story 2, Level Theme 3, from Space Cadet Adventures, composed by Mark Van Heck.
and that was Story 2, Level Theme 3, from Space Cadet Adventures on the Game Boy, composed by Mark Van Heck. And for the life of me, I could not figure out if this was an arrangement of music from the show or not, because, um, you know, this does show up in another game, um, Ren Stimpy Show Buckaroos on the NES, which is also composed by Mark Van Heck. And this is actually one of two Ren and Stimpy games I own, and, um, honestly, eh, they're not that fun. None of them are fun. Um, but hey, it was Ren and Stimpy. What kid could not be excited about having Ren and Stimpy game because, like, it's on the TV, you love it, now you have it in your hands. This is awesome! But not really. So a quick description of this game is that you play as Space Cadet Stimpy and Commander Hoek, playing through stages that are based on the episodes Space Madness, Black Hole, and Marooned. All three fantastic episodes. Um, in this game, eh. You know, hey, you get to play as Ren, he's who slaps, and Stimpy barfs out hairballs. What more could you want? So now I'm going to tell you a little bit of my personal history with this show, and is that my mom was the one that introduced me to it because she caught it once, I guess, on MTV, and then when they started it airing on Nickelodeon, she just sat us down, me and my sisters, and hysteria broke out. And it just basically became a family staple. I mean, just, I mean, so much things to love. Space Madness, Simpy's Invention with the everybody's favorite song, Happy Happy Joy Joy, sung by Stanky Whistleteats. Fake Dad, you know, just brought the word meat into our household. Anytime we'd ask, you know, mom would ask us what we'd want to eat, answer was meat. What do you want to drink? Meat. And then one of our favorites, Sven Hoek. That old yak elder, Sven Hoek. And we continue to like Ren and Simpy, even when there was an obvious shift in quality and of, you know, the animation and the jokes. But, uh, yeah, you know, of course, I was a kid, I loved Ren and Simpy, but then it would be later until, like, my early 20s or so when I would kind of become re-obsessed with it and really looking into it, especially the music that was in it, the incidental music. So when I gained full-on access to the internet that wasn't limited by, you know, high school restrictions or, you know, bandwidth and whatnot at college, um, I went on a search for this music, and I happened to find this collection that this somebody had put together of just two CDs worth. I think there was a third one possibly out there. I think I might have got it. I can't remember, but it's just all the incidental music that was used at least through the first two seasons of Ren and Stimpy. Everything, like the classical music, like kind of like the kitschy kind of city fashion show, romance music, Hollywood music, the little um, like dramatic cues that would happen. And it was at the same time that, you know, uh, I found the uh, Ren and Stimpy DVD collection. So I got seasons one and two, three and four. And uh, also found John Chris Velucci's blog, which was, he was sharing a lot of like his, his um, commentary on animation, um, his opinions on things, and sharing some of the stories about like what had happened with Nickelodeon and him and, you know, his narrative. And it was also, I had coming upon the uh, thing that was the Adult Party DVD. And that is a story for uh, another segment, I think. But, um, yeah, I got a little obsessed in my early 20s of this cartoon I liked as a kid. And a small part of me kind of idolized John Chris Velucci for just, like, his uh, bringing us out of the dark ages of animation. But um, I would learn soon that he was not that great a guy. But, again, that's for later. For here, I'm going to tell you about Mark Van Heck. Or, actually, I'm going to tell you to go um, check out episode 36, Unexpected Oddball Movie Games, because I actually talked about him and the music he did for the game Toys, which... You know, how, why would they make a game for the movie Toys? I don't know. Um, the one interesting thing I will note here is that he did the music for a game called Family Dog, which is why that got a game. I don't know, because it was a cartoon that only had a few episodes and barely existed. So, um, yeah, that's the thing I'm going to be exploring sometime in the future. And now, more music for you. And this is actually one of the better songs throughout all the games that, you know, Ren and Stimpy have. This is The Pound from Stimpy's Adventure on the Sega Genesis, composed by Sam Powell.
that was The Pound from Stimpy's Invention on the Sega Genesis composed by Sam Powell. And uh, this isn't based on any of that incidental music, but I can say that this is probably in inspired by a couple of the songs at least. One being Blood in the Gutter by Laurie Johnson and The Hurry Up by Kenny Graham. Possibly. Though now thinking about it, it sounds closer to Be Cool, which um, has an unknown artist, but... Um, Every time I hear it or think of it, it makes me think of that scene from their take on the House of Tomorrow, where they activate the toilet seam warmer, and it's just Kowalski being lowered on a rope, kind of humming the song that's playing, and then sitting on the toilet for a bit with a newspaper, and it's just saying, Be ready in few minutes. Now what a future that would be, huh? Though um, the world would be covered in this thick sludge that has the consistency of warm giblet gravy and uh, giant ants. So, you know, pros and cons. Now, uh, this is the other game I had. And, um, yeah, this this one wasn't all that fun. You know, it wasn't bad, but, you know, I couldn't get past level two, if that tells you anything. Um, the story goes that, you know, Stimpy makes his uh, invention, the Mutatomatic, and Ren, you know, comes to check it out. And Stimpy says, hey, check it out. I can take use this to turn trash into food. And so Ren goes to turn it on and turns the dial all the way to no way and the invention blows up, so they have to find the parts of Stimpy's invention through all the stages, which are mostly based off episodes of the show. So I've been banding about the names Ren and Stimpy, but who are they, really? So, to start, we got Ren Hoek, certified asthma hound chihuahua. And as you would imagine a chihuahua to be, he is emotionally unstable, psychopathic, most quite possibly sociopathic, and he is pretty much the leader of the duo, um, has a lot of schemes, very self-centered, usually, and depending on who's drawing and animating him at the time, um, he, his mouth could be drooping, he could have a very strong chin, he could have a kind of a rat-like tail, or no tail. But one thing that is always constant is uh, his behavior towards Stimpy, which is usually abusive, which uh, brings us to our second of the duo, Stimson J. Cat. A uh, very dim-witted mank cat, who fortunately can take the abuse that Ren throws at him because he only has one nerve ending, and that's in his nose, and he barely feels anything, even then. And whereas Ren just always refers to Stimpy as stupid, kind of, you know, doesn't really see the value of him sometimes, uh, Stimpy always sees the best in Ren, no matter what. Though, um, there was a one occurrence where he finally broke, and again, we're gonna get to that. Oh, we're gonna get to that. But yes, these two go on all kinds of different adventures in, uh, all different kinds of forms. Sometimes, they're just buddies that are hanging out and just, uh, trying to survive. Sometimes, they're, uh, kind of a domestic couple living in a house. Majority of the time, they're just living their lives like normal people, per se. And sometimes they are dog and cat, you know, being treated such. Hell, they've even been rubber nipple salesmen. That's just the wonderful thing about Ren and Stimpy. They could be anything. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no continuity. Just every episode is something different. It's, it was, it was great. And, uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What's, this? what's that? Oh, uh, ah, I guess it's, uh, time for a word from our sponsor here. And, uh, wait, wait, hold what's that? Oh, I guess it's about time for a word from our sponsor. Yes, this episode of Ren and Sippy is being sponsored by an amazing product. And that is... Log. Boy, oh boy. Yes, Log. All kids love Log. Sir, that was the log jingle, or in this case, password, from Fire Dogs on the SNES. The log jingle was created collaboratively between John Kay, Bob Camp, Chris Riccardi, and Charlie Bissett, and it was arranged for this game by Justin Scarboni, Martin Simpson, and or Martin Gwyn Jones. So yes, log. It is very much a parody of the Slinky commercials. I mean, the tune is very similar, and hey, you know the song, the lyrics, you know, like, what rolls downstairs, alone or in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog, what's great for a snack, fits on your back, it's log, log, log. It's better than bad, it's good. I mean, what more could you want from log? Come on. And the fun doesn't end there. I mean, there's so many different styles of log. I mean, there's log with realistic facial moss, there's police log, there's sports log, there's cheerleader log. You can even explore uncharted Arctic wilds with Sergeant Log of the Yukon. There are so many amazing uses for log, not just play. You could even wear it in underwear, you know, petite or portly sizes. 
And I could just keep going on about log, but, uh, you know, we got a lot of ground to cover, and this theme may be just getting a little annoying. And as far as Fire Dogs, we'll get back to that, because I have another song coming from it. So we're actually coming up to a track that actually inspired this entire episode, surprisingly enough. So what we got here is Stage 1, which is a rendition of Vals Modern by John Leach and George Fenton on, from the uh, Quest for the Shaven Yak, a Brazil-only Game Gear release, and it was arranged by Eric Swanton. just heard stage one which was a rendition of Vals Modern which was uh, composed and performed by John Leach and George Fenton and arranged by Eric Swanton for Quest for the Shaven Yak which was released on the Game Gear only in Brazil and yeah this here very wonky tune is the catalyst for this entire episode because uh, yeah I was you know I as I mentioned before I have a Mio Mini Plus which is a emulation handheld and I decided to load it up a bunch of stuff and I was going through Game Gear games and I saw oh, Quest for the Shaven Yak it's a random sippy game. Those are usually not that great, but hey, I'll give it a shot. And I boot it up. It goes through all like the intro stuff and then gets to that first stage. And this starts playing. And I immediately recognize what this is. Uh, being from the, not the pilot episode, but the first episode. That being the two parts of Stimpy's Big Day and The Big Shot. And the song that this is an arrangement of, Vaz Modern, uh, plays in the scene where we first see Ren after, you know, Stimpy has gone with Muddy Mud Skipper to become famous. And, uh, you know, the house is just trashed, covered in filth, and Ren just reveling in this filth, and all the while this song playing in the background. And actually, let me play you the original here, so uh, maybe it'll tickle some nostalgia here for you. So as you can tell, Eric Swanton, though his uh, version is a little wonky and kind of out of tune in places, it's still a pretty good rendition of this, isn't it? But now every time I hear this song, I can't help but resolve it to the next song that follows it after in the scene, um, Espirit de Paris, which is also composed by John Leach. And um, actually, I'll play it for you right here. I'm just going to let, I'm going to cut to the end right here and then let it go into it. So this plays when Ren uh, steps on a hairball and is initially upset about this, but then starts tearing up and crying because it's Mrs. Stimpy. And so he promptly sticks this in a stomach pouch and says, Memories, 
But seriously, folks, it's a fleshy stomach pouch that he just sticks it in, but and anyway, let's get back into the uh, game track here. Now done with that little tangent, um, so yeah, this song inspired me to do this episode because I thought, hey, if this is inside this weird Game Gear game, there might be other renditions of those incidental songs that are actually really cool from Ren Stimpy. And unfortunately, the majority of it is not that great. It's um, either original music or um, renditions of the opening and ending theme of Ren and Stimpy, Muddy Mudskipper's theme, Log theme, those are all there. And then any other renditions are of just the classical music. Surprisingly, none of Raymond Scott's stuff. I would expect to have heard Powerhouse, at least, but nope. But I didn't let that disappointment stop me from doing this episode, because... Hey, I knew I was gonna have fun doing it, and hopefully people will have fun listening to it. So now about this game, it's a platformer, of course, and the story is, when Stimpy finds a pair of hooves, Ren tells Stimpy that the Shaven Yak must have left them here last Yak Shaving Day. Very important day. So then Ren and Stimpy set off on a journey to find Shaven Yak. You know, I've always wanted to celebrate Shaven Yak's day and get a gift from the Shaven Yak, which is a sink full of used shaving cream, covered in all his stubble, and, you know, just get to save it, and... But, I, I don't know what I'd do with it. I don't know. So now I'm gonna fit in here a very strange little history lesson. Oh joy, oh joy. So, um, Ren and Stimpy, the pilot airs in 1991, I believe on MTV, and then eventually gets onto Nickelodeon, and then the series airs proper after that. And, uh, yeah, and it makes huge waves. I mean, you know, with its style, its sense of humor, the fact that it's totally original, and it's creator-driven, like creator-driven animation on television, which was something that never really happened before. I mean, the closest you got were the early Hanna-Barbera cartoons, but then after that, a lot of it was just executive decision, passed down to the writers, and then the writers would write the stuff, head it back to the executives, say, no, do this, do this, do this, and then it would be handed to the animators, which they would have to follow the script exactly. No creative freedom. And that is until 1987 with the release of a very unexpected thing, which is Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures. Developed and directed by Ralph Bakshi, who, back in the 1970s, started the, uh, wave of adult-oriented cartoons, or animation, I should say. Starting with his theatrical release of Fritz the Cat, and then following after that are Heavy Traffic, Wizards, American Pop, Cool World, which, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. And then he also did um, Fire and Ice and Wizards, which are very fantasy-based, as well as Lord of the Rings. But let's get back to 87 and Mighty Mouse. So, he starts this, and he has a whole crew of just fledgling animators who had been working and slaving and sludging away in the 1980s hellscape that was animation. And, uh, you know, this is a cra crazy, like, a discourse that's been going on on Twitter lately, like, saying how horrible things were back in that time for cartoonists. At least for those that were working on television animation. But yeah, so Ralph took all these young animators and cartoonists under his wing, you know, such name as, like, Lynn Naylor, Bruce Timm, John Christopher Lucy, Jim Reardon, Tom Minton, all of whom would either go on to work on or create some of the best animation on television in the 90s. And the magical thing that happened here that would, you know, create a wave of events that would lead up to, you know, the fact Ren Stimpy airing on television is that, you know, Ralph, being this huge personality, like, being able to keep the execs back through I don't know how, and letting his, like, you know, team of young animators just pretty much do what they wanted, like, and this is the first true instance of totally creator-driven animation, even though it was on an existing property because, you know, Mighty Mouse was a cartoon that Terry Toons did way back in, like, the 40s through the 60s, which actually Ralph Bakshi would be working at Terry Toons at, in the 60s, I believe. And so, yeah, this cartoon, Mighty Mouse The New Adventures, was, you know, something else. It would have all kind of like these primordial elements that would make up so many animations that would come out in the 90s, you know. John Kay was like one of the lead directors on some of the episodes, and some of the elements of Red and Sippy would kind of be flourishing there, like the uh, the dynamic of, of the two, like, you know, between, I think it was the episode The Ice Goose Cometh with uh, Mighty Mouse and the Goose, as well as some, like, characters with psychosis, like Petey Pate. But of course, it got cancelled in Season 2 because there was a joke in there where Mighty Mouse sniffs a flower and gets his powers back, and execs, everybody saw it as like, you know, this guy's sniffing no cocaine to get superpowers. No more! We're done with this! And so Mighty Mouse was cancelled. And then everybody who was working on Mighty Mouse went on to go and develop their own things that would eventually be, you know, be aired in the 90s. And, uh, you know, of course, John Kay, along with Eddie Fitzgerald, Bob Camp, Bill Ray, and Lynn Naylor, uh, they went on to form Spumco, and, you know, through some, uh, you know, like, pitches of different ideas and shows, there were these two characters, a cat and a dog, that showed up in one of the pitches called Our Gang. And so with the help of Vanessa Kofi, who was a producer at Nickelodeon, who wanted to bring original cartoons back to television, we get Ren and Stimpy in 1991, alongside Doug and Rugrats. And I'm gonna put a pause on that, because that's enough talking. 
It's time for more music. So next I got here for you is Untamed World, which is probably a take on Scenic Action Age by John Fox, which was the music that was used in the opening scene of Untamed World. And this is from the game Time Warp, composed by Paul Webb. was Untamed World from Time Warp, composed by Paul Webb. And yeah, this song, at least in the beginning, is a definitely a take on Scenic Action H by John Fox, which is, like I said, featured in the beginning scene of Untamed World, where uh, Ren and Stimpy are animal researchers, uh, safari men maybe, um, where they are basically observing animals that are variations on themselves, um, such as the Croco Stimpy, while all of them are just packed into a bus, just shouting this at the top of their lungs. Happy, happy! Joy, joy. Very majestic. So this game, Time Warp, it's a very strange and wonky looking beat-em-up, as far as what I've seen. And uh, it's also kind of like an adventure game because you have different items you can use to like destroy things and progress through the stages, I guess. And each stage, there's like 10 of them, based on episodes from the show, at least the first two seasons. With very strange looking Mode 7 shoot-em-up style stages, where you're as you know playing as uh, Commander Hoek and Space Cadet Stimpy blasting at things while you're warping through black holes, I guess? Very strange. But not as strange as the story of Ren and Stimpy through its production. So, um, where I left off, we, uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy had aired in 1991. And, you know, things were off to a great start. Like, the said, the cartoon was like nothing else has ever been on television. Um, it was doing great. But, um, there's one problem, and that is, um, the, the main creator, John Christopher Lucy. He had, uh, very high standards. Probably, um too high standards. You know, animation, the comedic timing in the animation, just everything, even the voice, like, uh, voiceover takes. Um, you know, just amazing, but that's because, uh, John would have multiple versions and takes done of these things until they were, uh, pretty much perfect. And that is why, um, if you remember actually watching this show as it was coming out, um, there was a lot of reruns because there was a lot of time between each episode. Um, way too much time. You know, we'd see maybe like the like same three or four episodes over and over again, and then it'd just be like this great event when a new one would come out. But each episode was a gem. I mean, you know, for the ones even that were, uh, you know, not that great, they were still really good. So the folks at Spumco were really on top of their game, and then there were episodes where like the animation was really, really good, and that would be because they had a hand from Carbuncle Studios, which was run by Bob Jakes, who had also worked on Mighty Mouse The New Adventures. So, you know, really good stuff. But, unfortunately, all these delays would come to a head, whereas, you know, John Kay and the he execs at Nickelodeon were just clashing heads, and they finally just fired him from the show. 
and gave the production to studi their new studio, Games. And Bob Camp, who was the co-founder of Spumco and played so many roles within it, was put in charge of the studio, and it was definitely hard for him because, you know, he had helped create Spumco and worked with all those people that were part of it, but, um, you know, he was also really loved this cartoon that he helped co-create. He wanted it to succeed, so, you know, the show goes on for three more seasons. There's definitely a drop in animation quality, you know, not too much, um, and the humor isn't quite landing right because, you know, not... There's a few people from Spumco that went over to the games, but not everybody, so didn't really have that quite right mix for the magic. But it was definitely kind of flailing towards the end, and so thus in 1995, with Season 5, Rinse to was ended, but, um, you know, its influence cannot be understated. And it proved that, you know, original cartoons on television that don't have any marquee value as the term, um, works! People love it! So, we get the great cartoon boom in the 90s. So now you may be wondering, what is John K. and Spumco doing after this? Well, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit later. Um, enough of my yammering here, it's time for more music. And what I got here for you is a classic character. This is the Money Mud Skipper theme, originally written by John K., Bob Camp, and Charlie Brissett, and arranged by Mark Van Heck for the game Buckaroos on the NES. Mudskipper's theme, originally written by John K., Bob Camp, and Charlie Brissett, and arranged by Mark Van Heck for the game Buckaroos on the NES. So, you know, Muddy Mudskipper, he's some kind of wonderful guy, and most importantly, he's Stimpy's ideal. And so this game here, uh, there's actually two of them. There's the NES and SNES version. Um, Stimpy makes another invention called the Gametron 5000 Moneymaker, and he tells Ren about this, and it's, he says, like, you know, hey, we play games on this thing and it makes us money. And so Ren naturally goes, Stimpy, you're a genius! We'll be rich! And so you play through 10 stages, all based on episodes from the show, and, you know, that sounds great, but the game itself, from what I've seen, doesn't look all that great. So now, before I overwhelm you with more information um, about the continued adventures of Spumco, I am going to play you another track here. This is going to be The Aviary, which is an arrangement of Pizzicato from Sylvia, originally by Leo Dilibus, and this is arranged by Sam Powell for the game Stimpy's Invention. That was The Aviary, which is an arrangement of Pizzicato from Sylvia, originally written by Leo Dilibus, and arranged by Sam Powell for Stimpy's Invention. So this song actually plays in the segments that open up Stimpy's storybook lands for uh, The Littlest Giant and Robin Hoek, where Stimpy asks Ren to button him up, because he has that butt flap thing on his pajamas, and so Ren buttons him up, to which we get treated to Stimpy smiling and jiggling his butt with sloshing sounds. So, after getting fired from their own show, what are John K. and the Spumco crew up to after this? 
Well, they start working on a show called Ripping Friends, which was aired on Fox Kids. And it is a very strange thing. It's about these four brothers. They're all super-powered, muscular, and they just get into all kinds of weird, surreal situations. A lot of gross-out toilet humor here. And then sometime during or after this, they start fiddling around with a little thing called Flash Animation. And the first thing they want to do, or I should say John wants to do, is create a series based around his character, George Laker. American. And these are very uh, crude, I should say, like, you know, humor-wise as well as animation-wise because early Flash. They also did uh, music videos for Bjork, which was a traditional hand animation, and then Weird Al and Tenacious D, which were both made in Flash. And then in the late 90s and early 2000s, they did uh, shorts for Cartoon Network. One's called Boo Boo Runs Wild, The Day in the Life of Ranger Smith, The Jetsons' Father and Son, and The Best Son, and then Boo Boo and the Man. And I tell you, those go places, especially Boo Boo Runs Wild. That, that one is wild. All this leading up to the eventual release of Ren and Stimpy Adult Party Cartoon, which is... Ugh, where to start with this one? Let's see. Um, basically, it's like an extreme version of Ren and Stimpy. So all the stuff that made Ren and Stimpy really funny back in, you know, on the original airings are just pumped up to past 11. It's majority of it to the point where it's not even really funny. Um... So to list them off, there's uh, six total episodes. Only three of them aired on television, though, because of the same shit that John was doing with the original Ren Stippy. But um, so there was right Naked Beach Frenzy, which was all focused on sexy girls and uh, very crass jokes. Animation, very rough. Jokes, all not that funny. Um, there's Onward and Upward, which is all focused on the gross-out humor. Very gross humor. And then there's Ren Seeks Help, which focuses on Ren Psychosis and just all the just horrible sadistic shit he does. And... Um, yeah, this one is rough to just watch. But hey, we get to see Mr. Horse again. That's always good. Yeah. Next up, we have Altruist, which is focused on gag after gag, joke after joke, just nonstop jokes. And for the most part, this one is okay, excepting a couple scenes in it that are just way, way too overboard. One of them ending in one of the most bizarre gags I ever done seen. We then have Stimpy's Pregnant, which is about Ren and Stimpy being a domestic couple and Stimpy potentially being pregnant, though at the end, there's a twist, if you want to call it that. And this one um, is uh, very strange. And then last, but certainly not least, and probably for me, probably the best about all of these, is Fire Dogs 2. And it's a continuation of Fire Dogs, in a way. And it actually has a good blend of all the like different humors in there. Like, there's no really extreme focuses on them like the other episodes. And it has Ralph Bakshi in it. I mean, what more could you want? And so what I'll say about this collection here is that if you've seen them, I know your pain. And if you haven't seen them, you really have to get yourself ready to watch them. Don't go into it just thinking, more Ren and Stimpy, this is not the case. And so after this, about 2005, Spumcomb is closed down, and then eventually it comes out that, you know, John K himself is outed to be a truly horrible person, far worse than, you know, people thought he knew he was. And I'm not going to get into it here. There are many videos on YouTube that talk about it. Actually, SaberSpark just released a video, um, I want to say a week ago, talking about this very thing, the downfall of Spumco and John K. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I do intend to, and I imagine it's going to be pretty good because the guy does make some really good videos. Now, time for some more music here. Um, Well, seeing as I mentioned Fire Dogs, I got another one from the game Fire Dogs. This is Fire Station, which is an arrangement of the Trich Trech Polka, originally by Johann Strauss II, and arranged by Justin Scrivona, Martin Simpson, and Martin Gwyn Jones for the game Fire Dogs.
Atlas Fire Station, which is an arrangement of Trich Trash Polka, originally by Johann Strauss II, arranged by Justin Scrivona, Martin Simpson, and Martin Gwyn Jones from the game Fire Dogs. And so, in the episode Fire Dogs, this here song plays in the scene where, after uh, Ren and Stimpy are drafted in to be fire dogs for the fire station, Stimpy's doing some practicing, getting ready for uh, future fires. So he is uh, running downstairs from their bunk room, and then jumping onto the pole, and sliding up the pole, and then repeating this process with Ren just watching him and then snapping at him. And as far as this game, it should be self-explanatory. It's basically a game entirely based on that episode Fire Dogs, so you get, you know, fire station, Driving the fire truck, saving the people, you know, the, the lady up in the top building, you know, SAVE MY BABY! SAVE MY WALRUS! SAVE ME! And so on. So now, uh, a little backtrack here, um, as I mentioned, Fire Dogs 2 out of the entire adult cartoon series um, is my favorite, because uh, mainly because of Ralph Bakshi being in it. So, um, yes, yeah, so it basically takes up from where Fire Dogs ends, where they've, you know, rescued everybody, put out the fire, and the fire chief, YOU BOYS ARE HEROES! And here I thought you were BOMBS! Allow me to bestow upon you our highest honor. The Golden Fire Hydrant Helmet! Congratulations, boys! But then at the beginning of Fire Dogs 2, that line about, you know, the Golden Fire Hydrant and everything, changes to this. Yeah, I like you guys. We're gonna be pals! And so, after this, the Fire Chief begins to transform into Ralph Bakshi. The full transformation, like his arms start like getting big, his whole belly pops out, eyebrows growing out, chin just... God, man, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. And then, of course, he's voiced by Ralph Bakshi, too, and he has a pretty unique voice. Um, I can't really get it. I've tried a few takes. I can't get it down. You know, it's probably a little over-exaggerated because, uh, you know, it's a cartoon, but, um, you know, if you don't want to watch this, um, definitely check out some interviews of him because, you know, a lot of the stuff he has to say is pretty cool. You know, oh, Jesus, at the time. Oh, yeah, I've been yammering yeah for too long. Um, I have a couple more songs for you here. We're getting close to the end. Um, the next song I have for you is one that just that cannot not be featured on an episode about Ren and Stimpy. And that is, of course, the Happy Happy Joy Joy song, which was composed by Chris Riccardi with lyrics by Charlie Brissett and John Kay and arranged by Peter Stone for the game Vidiots. Um, you know, I got to bring this in proper. So let me bring this track down. You know, unfortunately, this version doesn't have like the proper like spaced out strums. But, um, you know, here we go. Hello, boys and girls. This here is your old pal, Stinky Whistleteats. This is a song about a whale. No! This is a song about being happy. That's right, it's the Happy Happy Joy Joy song. enough. That's right. I'll teach you to be happy. I'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs. Now, boys and girls, let's try it again. If and you ain't the granddaddy of all liars, the little critters of nature, they don't know they're ugly. That's very funny. A fly marrying a bumblebee. I told you I'd shoot, but you didn't believe me. Why didn't you believe me? the Happy Happy Joy Joy, originally composed by Chris Riccardi with lyrics by Charlie Brissett and John Kay, arranged by Peter Stone for the game Vidiots. And if there's a song that anybody knows from Ren and Stimpy, it is this one, because uh, the episode it came from is so very memorable. That being Stimpy's invention, where Stimpy creates all these different inventions that he tries out on Ren, you know, one like uh, stay up, stand up socks, which are basically stocks full of super glue, the uh, Remote control shaver, which is an invisible shaver that just is controlled by a button. And then, of course, the happiness helmet, which, once put on Ren's head and activated, makes him extremely happy. His mouth starts turning into this rictus grin of just teeth, and he just goes mad with happiness. Doing nice things for my best pal, Stimpy! <laughs> I gotta take it easy. My throat's gonna be sore after all this. Um, I'm not even going to attempt that one crazy laugh that only Billy West can do. Yeah, this episode is just a great juxtaposition of, like, this horrible image of this forever smiling Ren and all the gags. 
One of my favorites when he's ironing uh, Stimpy's underwear and he starts laughing and his entire top of his head just detaches and it's just teeth all around. And Yeah! So now this song here, Happy Happy Joy Joy, the uh, character, Stinky Weasel Teats, who sings this song, is, like, uh, by looks, very much inspired by Burl Ives. And all most of the lines he says are kind of weird modifications of lines that are actually said by Burl Ives in some of the movies that he has been in. or And some of them are actually from, like, the segment of children's songs he did as well. And so, you know, this song starts playing, Ren and Stimpy start doing a dance, their butts kiss, they're hopping all over the place, and then uh, partway through where, um, you know, where Burl or Stinky says, You ain't you the granddaddy of all liars! Um, Ren gets in the kitchen, finds a hammer and starts smashing the helmet, and it's just crazy. Juxtaposed to this very happy song, he gets the helmet off, stomps over to Stimpy, and just chokes him, and realizes that he is happy being angry. And yeah. Stimpy's Invention, one of the uh, better Rin and Stimpy episodes, you know, just background, animation's pretty solid, the uh, jokes are on point, but the real prize winner here are all the expressions that Ren goes through while wearing the happiness helmet. And this right here is uh, the end. Um, I did not expect it to go this long or be as info dumpy, but here we are. You know, I had fun doing this, and hey, if it made you want to go rewatch it, or even watch it for the first time, then I know I done did a good job. And if you're uh, interested more in the historical side of things, uh, there is a book called Sick Little Monkeys, A Unofficial History of Spumco and Ren and Stimpy, uh, which is written by Tad Komorowski, who is that cartoon historian and restorationist I mentioned earlier. And this book gets into the nitty-gritty, or I should say gritty-kitty litter, of all the details that went into the making of Ren and Stimpy and the afterward. But if you're more used to listening to people talk about this kind of stuff, then go listen to What a Cartoon Podcast, where they actually, like I said, have Bob Jakes, who worked on it, and Tad Komorowski, and they talk about first the black hole and Stimpy's invention, which uh, was in 2018, and then in 2019, Hermit Wren. And they do touch on some of the stuff that is in Tad's book with, uh, you know, when talking about the history of Spum Co. and Wren Stimpy. And so now I'm going to thank you for coming into VG Emporium and uh, indulging me in this just strange outing here. The majority of the info that I just gave you today um, being straight from the top of my head because, like I said, I got a little obsessed with Wren Stimpy and Spum Co. stuff back in my early 20s. So now I'd like to thank you all for coming into VG Emporium, video game music and more. If this is your first time visiting, uh, well, this is one hell of a welcome. Um, and you can find it on all your favorite podcatchers, such as Spotify, Google, Amazon, um, Apple Podcast, as well as on TerraPlayer, which is a site that's looking to become a hub for video game related podcasts. There's also vgemporium.wordpress.com where you can find all the episodes and show notes. And there's also a Discord, if you're interested in that, that you can find on that homepage as well as at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. Now, one last thing, I'm seeing as this is episode 90, we're getting into the countdown to episode 100. And on that Discord I mentioned, I actually asked uh, my customers that are on there um, what I should do for episode 100, and they've uh, given some really good ideas. I'm hoping to have it figured out pretty soon. I'm actually considering combining some of the suggestions I've already gotten. I hope to have it figured out by next week. Speaking of, next week's episode is going to be a focus on games based on books. And no, not games based on adaptations of books, but games that are based off the books themselves. Now, it's not going to be as info-dumpy as this one, but there is one selection I made for that episode that, um, well, it is very near to, and dear to me, and we'll have so much to say about it. So, yeah, definitely look forward to that. So now there's only one way I could close this episode out, and that is with this song called Ending Song from Buckaroos on the SNES. But this is actually an arrangement of Big House Blues, which is the closing song for the Ren and Stimpy show. And this was originally performed by the Die Screaming Lederhosens, which was made up of Jim Smith, Chris Riccardi, and Scott Hummel, and arranged by Mark Van Heckel. <laughs>